Welcome to the weekly call where I give you guys news updates on video games, music, comics, movies. It's cool, I I talk about it. Let's get in. Alright then, let's get right into the segment of weekly call. Weird name show, but it don't matter to me. As long as I um, get my stuff in, I am good. Let's start it off with Xbox One Scorpio Edition. In June, obviously, Microsoft announced the Xbox One console, and in doing so, put an end to the informal Xbox Scorpio name. Now, in an approach that isn't at all confusing, it's reviving the name. The Redmond-based company has announced the Xbox One X Project Scorpio Edition, which has the code name emblazoned on the controller and console. As well as this, there's a dynamic graphic pattern on the shell and packaging has been designed in a similar way to the original Xbox One console. That's what I like, they're taking it back to the originals, the good days. Uh, it's clear to the past and doesn't detract from the standing console's clean, monolithic style. I like that. The green used on the code name too is the same lurid um, green synonymous sorry, with earlier gen Xboxes. Other than these aesthetic changes, Microsoft isn't introducing any other alterations from the Xbox One for the time being. They put the console on pre-order from today and says there's only a limited number available for those wanting to snap up the limited edition. It's available from Microsoft Store and website. The console costs $499 for those in the UK or Australia like myself. That would be £449. Anywho, when announcing the Xbox One X at E3 2017, that is, Microsoft claimed that the box is the most powerful console created under the hood, has 6 teraflop GPU that runs at 1.17 gigahertz, 12 gigabytes of RAM, full 4K HDR support, and 4K Blu ray drive. <sighs> There's also a liquid cooling system to help keep the powerful components in good working order so you can get that smooth gaming that every gamer needs. One of the biggest selling points for the Xbox One X costs £499 in the US. One of the biggest selling... Oh. Like the Xbox One... Like the Xbox Scorp like the Scorpio edition, I mean. The Xbox One costs four hundred ninety-nine dollars in US. Sorry, got a bit muddled up. One of the biggest selling points for the new console is support four K gaming. Unlike other consoles, Microsoft is also including backwards compatibility. So that means you can get all the old games from the previous Xboxes, so you don't have to give those up and hide them up in the attic. And you play them on the new Xbox, which is always good to hear. Um, those are very good games. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think we should be back with some more news in a minute. Some more video game news on Weekly Call. This time is Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Now, the, uh, following Uncharted 4 A Thief's End, Nathan Drake may have retired. Not 100% sure about that, he may have retired. Um, but that doesn't mean the developer Naughty Dog or publisher Sony is done with the series. Now come the spin-off. Now come the spin-offs, and while Lost Legacy is only announced so far, it's hard to believe is the only one announced so far. It's hard to believe it will be the only one. Thankfully, then this stands shoulder to shoulder with the best of the series, despite being an overall shorter experience. 
this is an expansion to the game Uncharted 4. I originally thought it would be a fully fledged game. Maybe it is. They just haven't announced it yet. Um, those forms are entirely as a standalone adventure. With Drake out of the picture, focus shifts to the long-term supporting character, Chloe Fraser, um, who we join in the middle of a hunt for the Tusk of Ganesh in a war-torn region of India. So that's a pretty good second guy I've got to say. In a touch for fans who have played through the whole series, Chloe has been joined by Nadine Ross, formerly one of the main antagonists in A Thief's End, providing a stern and sombre counterpoint to Chloe's glib nonchalance to treasure hunting. Unfortunately, they're not alone in the hunting in hunting us. So too is Azaf, a local warlord establishing the Western Ghats, who thinks the symbolism for acquiring the Tusk will unite fighters behind him, as with previous Uncharted games. The hunt here is less about the trinket at the end and more an excuse to explore the characters, with Chloe being Indian-Australian, exploring in the region forces her to confront her heritage and conflicted relationship with her father while Nadine is on something of a redemptive arc. This is a lot of news for one segment but I'll do what I can. Unfortunately the growing partnership between the pair highly lost legacy that could have done with a bit more focus if I'm honest. Actor Laura Bailey's accent for Nadine while Claudia Black have being played Chloe since Uncharted 2 feels settled in the role. Bailey's accent is all over the place. Nadine as a character is South African but at times sounds American, British or Australian. The emotion is there in the role and Bailey's physical performance. Lee's leads were mo is great but the voice seems like an afterthought. It actively distracting at times especially when it sounds like different um, takes have been edited together with the accent shifting between the sen between sentences <sighs> being a smaller game except the story to take around 8 to 12 hours to complete does have its benefits so condensing the districts is more appreciated one past a str stringently linear opening sequence a burglar gong non mean to a race through a ruined Indian town occupied by Azav's forces. Your your treated open area um, let me see lush open area by mouse but where temples can be tackled in any um, order and hidden treasures besides the tusk can be hunted for at leisure. Ultimately legacy will pl prove a Pleasant bonus chapter for returning Uncharted fans while proving a nice big point for any newcomers um, put off the years of story they may have missed out on. Just when it comes to single player experience. Okay. Yeah, I think that's good enough. But what I really want them want to see happen is after a few more games, if they make one, um, some more. Um, I would like to see something called Uncharted, Nathan Drake's Return. That would be brilliant. I love Nathan Drake. He's my favourite character in the Uncharted series. He's just a great dude. Anyway, I think um, I shall be back with some more weekly cool news.
Hello, welcome to the next segment on the daily weekly call. So I didn't mean to say daily, just don't know why. Anyway, this part is comics. I'm a huge fan of. Let's start off with the newest Batman. Batman, White Knight. Sean Gordon Murphy isn't sure when it comes to revealing the story details on social media, which is kind of true. But it's going to take a lot to follow up on on his announcement of the name of the Joker will be going by in Batman White Knight. That said, the writer's artist's latest revelation is a big piece of news. Showcased on the cover for the series, third issues are the redesigned looks of Batman's family members, Nightwing and Batgirl. Now, by the looks of it, Batgirl, she's got the standard costume, except she, um, she, she looks like she's wearing shorts and she's got wings. Anyway, um, we, sorry about that quick silence, anyway, and it looks like Nightwing's got the same look, except he's wearing a leather jacket. Anyway, Corva shows Nightwing and Batgirl swinging through the air, no doubt in hot pursuit of an evildoer, or even in this reality where Batman's the bad guy, they're still part of Bruce Wayne's costumed inner circle. Nightwing's from, um, chest symbol can be seen, and he actually seems to have a shorter haircut, along with the addition of a jacket. As I said, Batgirl has a shorter cape on her back. Oh, that's what it is. Looking at a picture, um, with that looks like a different bat symbol than what she's currently wearing. DC's rebirth era. Very small chest gloves, and the boots are, are also noticeable. The series will flip the dynamic between Batman and his arch nemesis, the Joker, with the latter set up as the hero of the story alongside his longtime love interest, Harley Quinn. Now, the first um, Batman White Knight comic was made by Sean Gordon Murphy and it rises in stores on Wednesday, October 4th, 2017. If you guys want to check that out, please go to your comic book store and find it. I'm a huge fan of comics, so I will be um, finding that out. Um, so, yeah, I'll be back in one minute. Okay, then I'm back with another segment on the weekly call. This time I'm talking about Spider-Man's alternate universe friend, Miles Morales. Let's talk about that, shall we? No. Okay, we'll start off by saying the company's flagship hero, Spider-Man. Spider, Brooklyn-based teenager um, with special abilities of his own in the pages of Ultimate Spider-Man. Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah um, Pircelli introduced the world to Miles Morales. Pretty good, cool name, I think. An adolescent with spider powers, adolescent means teen, who takes up the mantle of Spidey, Spider-Man, after his world's version of after his world's version of Peter Parker perishes. Wait, what? Oh, I already knew that. Peter Park, basically, Peter Parker is dead. Which is sad because he's the best Peter Parker. Um, anyway, in the aftermath of 2015's multiverse altering Secret Wars event, Miles was brought into the Marvel Universe proper, where he continues his adventures as Spider-Man with the blessing of the still-living Peter Parker. Yay! Peter Parker's still alive! Peter Parker's still alive! Yay! 
Okay, um, related to this, spoiler alert if you have not read Secret Empire number 7 and you want to, um, Secret Empire number 7 reveals whether Mars Morales is destined to kill Captain America. Anyway, with his place in the Marvel Universe now firmly established, the time is right to bring Miles Morales into other worlds and mediums like animation and prose. Tan animated film starring Miles is currently in development, while the recently released YA novel Miles Morales Spider-Man by award-winning author Jason Reynolds, is he related to Ryan Reynolds? Um, if you got the answer, please comment it brings the hero to the world of prose. CBR spoke with Reynolds about writing a young character, the problems his protagonist faces in the book and the new villain Miles confronts. Let's see. Um let's see. Anyway, Miles is part of the this is a quote from um the author. Miles is part of the Marvel Universe, but Brooklyn is Brooklyn. It's a universe unto itself. As far as I'm concerned, um, as far as adding other familiar characters, I thought about it. I really did, but I also wanted to distill the story and zoom in as close as possible to who Miles is without the distraction of any other names. I felt like he deserved that. Which is kind of right. Anyway, his friends and immediate family basically do what, um, oh, um, this is another quote, my friends and family do, their grounding mechanism, it's them that keep Miles, Miles. He's from tight um, knit family that has expectations of him. As a teenager first, he has a best friend, Gonke, who sees the greatness in him that sometimes can't see in himself. So his inner circle serves as almost a satellite, um, satellite superpower, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, Miles is a I think this is another quote. Miles is a junior in high school that alone presents issues. It means he has to navigate insecurity ideas around masculinity. You know, I think this is something I wrote um, when I was like reviewing it. Um, Masculinity, accountability, first love, familia, and um, community expectation. And on top of all that, education in an elite institution. Big words. From the very beginning, we see him struggling with trying to figure out how to save people while not getting in tr to trouble into school. Because the salvation of an endangered stranger who won't go over well with his parents if he gets expelled. And of course, teaser. As a teacher who likes to take Miles' life, <coughs> even more difficult than it has to be. That's all I'll say for now. Don't want any spoilers. Anyway, I would like to say I'll be back in the next two segments in a minute. So I'll see you in them. Okay, guys, I'm back with a movie now. I'm going to be talking about a 2017 film that is actually scheduled to be released on Netflix tomorrow. Now, I will hopefully be watching this as long as my mum lets me. Yeah, um, as you know, this is a podcast from my kids, so yeah. Anyway, this is Death Note. I love the anime. It is such a great anime. Anyway, Death Note is an upcoming American supernatural horror thriller um, film directed by Adam Wingard based on the manga series of the same name. That's very popular, as I told, um, by Sugumi Oba and Takeshi Obato 
um, I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> the film stars Nat Wolf, Margaret Qualley, Keith Stanfield, Paul Nakachu, Shia Wing, um, Wiggum, and Willem Dafoe. As um, I hope I pronounced them right as well. Now the plot of this is a young man comes to possess a supernatural book, the Death Note, as the name, that grants him the power to kill any person simply by writing down the name on the pages. He then decides to use the notebook to kill criminals and change the world with the help of his classmate who shares his ideals, but an enigmatic detective is tracking down and end his reign of terror. I believe that is actually his father. I'm not sure, but yes, that is his father in the anime. Sorry about the spoilers. Anyway, um, let's see. Let's go to this. Yeah, that's all it says on the plot. Um, but yeah, I think that is... I've heard of this. I've watched it. It is a very good anime. I'm actually going to rewatch it at some point, not now, maybe later. But I hope you guys will watch it. If you guys are planning on watching it, actually, comment it. I know I've been saying comment it a lot, but do, and you guys will. Um, and I'll see you. And yeah, pretty much. Sorry about the stuttering and that. Anyway, yeah, I think I should watch it. It's coming out tomorrow on Netflix. Not sure what time, but it should be good. Um, anyway, I'm hoping that it will um, be out soon um, early tomorrow anyway yeah I'll be back in a second guys I would just like to say thank you for listening to this episode today um, I, um, if, if you would like to favorite this channel um, or podcast it would help me know that you guys are the content I am giving out to you at the moment and call in actually because Sunday me and the other hotcast member Kira we are going to be starting up our new series called um, Talking with the Cast which is where you guys call in we answer questions um, and all that we answer stuff that you guys call in about and we're hoping that you guys will send in us a load so that we can um, keep that series going anyway I will, I'm just going to end up and say goodbye I hope you all have a good night um, and day depends where you are and I will see you guys in the next on Sunday yeah goodbye